So if you have your Bibles with you this morning and you want to turn with us to the book of Isaiah, uh, you can turn to the book of Isaiah and turn over to the fifth chapter of Isaiah that we're going to read uh, a few verses here in just a little while. But as you're turning to those places, uh, what we're going to find out is that if we're not careful, uh, we can get so distracted uh, by so many things that we forget about how important it is to get alone with God. And I want you to think about that this morning, being alone with God. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 5, I'm going to begin reading in about the 8th verse. And there's a lot of woes that go on here in Isaiah, chapter 5. Woes very much should bring some attention to a concern that we should have of things to be careful of and things that we should uh, be alert about. Verse 8 says this, Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. When I said this morning about being alone with God, notice what happens in this particular verse. He says, woe to them that go house to house. And then he goes on to say, and field to field. Has anybody ever been in these very populated places? It just seems like they build a building so close together that if you was to open the blind in one, you're looking in the other. You go by some of those and I, I'm almost amazed and I want to say, could, could they not have at least put the houses far enough apart where you could walk in between them instead of having to turn sideways and squeeze through. They literally are almost built right on top of each other. Matter of fact, if we was to remove even that small divide that is there, you would have a hard time telling which is which and which belongs to which. Farming or even the, in the laws of the land, there was some criteria that had to be set. One, you did not go out and you did not harvest everything. You would leave the edges and whatever you would drop, glean, those that were poor, they would come along and they would take some of that. But here's also another a distinguishing mark. That if you had a field, you had to leave a gap and then you would have another field. That way there was no discrepancy, no worries, no fighting. What belongs to you and what belongs to them? You see, if we're talking about one big square piece of grass... And sometimes one neighbor mows this way and the other one right beside it. It's kind of hard to know exactly where the line is. But if you put a piece of land or some area between this crop and that crop, then it's very distinguishable. This is mine. This is yours. There's, there's a space in between that. I'm telling you that background to all of this is that Isaiah said that if we're not careful and we get greedy in our life, we're going to want more and more and more and then all of a sudden, we don't have anything where we can be all alone with God. And the reason is, is that we become greedy. Or the idea is that we become wanting more and more and more. Kind of reminds you of the scripture found in, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. I'll turn back and read to you for a little bit if I can. Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. And down into the uh, 17th verse. 15th verse, let's back up. Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness. Now covetousness is, it's a desire to want more. 
I hope you're getting this image or this idea of houses built on top of houses or farmlands on top of farmlands. There is no divine because if I plant just a little bit wider on each side, then that's more for me to harvest. It's, it's covetous. It's greed. It's, it's wanting more. But there's a price, and I, I, this is where I want to get to in a little bit. There is a price to be paid for wanting more. What is that price? Let's, let's get on this for a minute. It says, take heed and beware of covetous. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. You want your house bigger? You want your land or your farmland even wider or longer where you can reap even more? He said, be careful, because I'm going to read you Isaiah. Stay right there in Luke for a second. But Isaiah said this, Woe unto them that join house to house and lay field to field, till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. There's no place. there. It's all right on top of each other, and they cannot be all alone. Go back to Luke chapter 12 and verse 16. So Jesus began to speak a parable unto them. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself. He didn't have to tell nobody anything. Christ was able to see what was going on inside of him. What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? My crops have come in and I want more and more and more. But what am I going to do with the abundance of things? He said, here's what I'm going to do. So instead of me having my place where I can go all along with God, he said, let's just work about expanding. Boy, our world today really loves to hear, we've gotten so big that we're expanding. We've expanded, we've grown. And you know what? There's a lot of areas that we can talk about that growth is very good. But I want you to notice what Isaiah is saying is that you cannot grow too much that you do not have a place to get all alone. On the earth. Now we're going to talk about some of these things in a minute, but let's let's just focus on on Luke chapter twelve for just a minute. <clears throat> and he thought with himself, saying, "What shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow my fruits. This I will do: I will pull down my barns, build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry." But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Folks, the devil does not have to make you a bad person. He just wants to make you a busy person. He just wants us all to be busy, busy, busy. Is there anybody? I can take the youngest ones here and we can talk about their schools and we can ask them, how busy are we? The more land you have, guess what? The more you got to take care of. The bigger the car, the more you got to clean, the bigger the house. You know how this goes. The bigger the house, the more you got to dust, the more you got to vacuum, the more you got you to clean. The more means the busier we become. So when we start talking about being alone with God, is it because we're taking care of that bigger area? I'm not saying that you shouldn't have big yards and houses. I'm not saying that. Isaiah is saying 
that God intended for certain perimeters in our life, we have to find those perimeters and not try to go outside of those just for the sake of prosperity. We have to stay on those realms because those realms, let's read the 8th verse again in Isaiah 5, those realms, if we stay inside of those, woe unto them that join house to house and lay field to field till there be no place that they be placed alone in the midst of the earth. If we don't have that alone time with God, what does our life begin like? We get busy, 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 busy. We've got, we've got phones. We've got calendars. We've got appointments. And we've got all kinds of schedules. We have all of these things. But do we, one, do we, or maybe we could even ask, should we, schedule time with God? And I, I struggle with that because sometimes we think we're so busy. But, but sometimes in Isaiah's warning, he says, whoa, he says, be careful. Be careful of trying to live outside the bounds that, that it's all about the prosperity of life. He said, stay inside of what God's given you, allowed you to have, because the world makes you want more and more and more and more. That's, that, that, that's a natural instinct that we have of greed. Let's keep reading if we can in Isaiah. In my ears, says the Lord of hosts of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair without inhabitant. Yea, ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the speed of the omer shall yield an epith. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue till night, till wine inflame them, and the harp, and the vial, and the tambourine, and the pipe, and the wine, and, and in their feast, but they regarded not the work of the Lord, neither considered the operation of his hand. So the whole idea behind these scriptures are is that Isaiah is trying to say that if we're not careful, we get so much out of kilter and out of context with what God wants. He said, woe unto them. The 8th verse said it. The 11th verse said it. You can skip down to about the 18th verse and the 19th and the 20th and the 21st. Over and over and over again, Isaiah starts talking about woe. Woe just means that there, there's a consequence to that behavior if you do that. I don't know why, but sometimes I struggle with our busyness that we have in life. That's just me. It just seems like our lives are, are crowned full of busy. Our, our, our business society is. We, we have to give more to fewer people so that, that we might get more accomplished. And I'm not getting into profits and all those things, but I am trying to get to the idea of, folks, if we're not careful, our world will bog us down with so many things that we forget about our relationship with God and having alone time with Him. And Isaiah began to talk about these things. He said, Woe unto them that join house to house and lay field to field till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. Let's go back into the Old Testament for just a minute. To the book of Genesis, chapter 32. Turn back into the Old Testament for just a minute, a little further. Back in the Old Testament to the very first book of our Bible in Genesis chapter 32. We have to get all alone with God to wrestle with God. Let's read in 32. Skip down to the 24th verse. And Jacob was left alone. I do believe this. That we can be in the midst of a million people. And yet there is possibilities we can be all alone with God. 
Notice what happened. Jacob was left alone. And when he got alone, it says, and there, when he was alone, it says, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. So we, we can see this, this conversion that, was, that, that Jacob had as he was fighting and wrestling with this angel. And in the midst of this battle, we see that, 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 that what God was saying is, I'm going to protect you from Esau. But in this battle, notice what happened. That, that, it, that he wrestles with this angel. 26 verses, he said, And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Now, we're going to see that Jacob's going to go through a time of a name change. He's going to go through a time because he got all alone with God. His, the, the, the future of his life is going to change because he got alone with God. Folks, I believe that there's a wonderful thing when we can kind of tune the world out and saying it's not about all the prosperity that we have. It's all about me being alone with you. And Jacob, as he began to wrestle with, an, wrestle with this angel here, that all of a sudden that, that, that he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. There was some pain, obviously, involved with what was going on because it said in that 25th verse, he says, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint and he wrestled with him. Folks, sometimes when we get along with God, sometimes it's not a. Sometimes it's a peaceful. Sometimes it's 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 discontentment that we find. But in that, listen to what what's happening with Jacob is that in order for this to transpire to happen, he had to get all alone with God. What happens when we get all alone with God? What is God able to do for us in our life? And I believe that much like He did with Jacob, God's able to bless us with many things. Turn over just a, another book there in the book of Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24, and let's begin reading in verse 1. Some familiar scripture here where Moses is going to be... Let's skip down to verse 2. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord. But they shall not come up hither, neither shall the people go up with him. So what did Moses do? And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord. Folks, there's something amazing about Moses getting all alone with God that he could hear God. You know what Isaiah is saying is? He said, the houses are getting so big that you cannot see the divide from one house to another. He said, the land no longer has a divide between this person's and this person's. He said, now that these people have gone house to house and field to field, he said, now they don't even have time to get all alone on the earth. So what we're seeing here in the book of Exodus is, is that Moses said, if you're going to listen to God, it is imperative that we get all alone with him. Sometimes it does me good to get into a very quiet place so I can listen. I just, I'm free of distractions. I'm, I'm, I'm free of all the things that may lure my mind away from what I'm trying to, to, to focus on reading or focus on trying to listen to. But it's all about paying that attention and Isaiah's warning, he said, don't get to your point in a life where your houses are on top of houses and fields on tops of fields that you're just ever too busy to have a long time for a long time with God is absolutely necessary. 
Moses, it was necessary. Go back and read that second verse. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord. It's not that he was being restricted. It's just that he needed to get alone and hear what God was going to have him to say. Moses was all alone and he came near unto God. And what did God do? God began to speak unto Moses. He said, Moses, I've got a message for the people of Israel. And he had a message um, of what he was supposed to say because in the third verse, and Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord. Our scripture reading this morning, I want to go back for just a minute. I'm bouncing around a little bit. But notice what it says in the book of Isaiah chapter 5 and in verse 4. And what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. So in other words, things aren't always the way that we want. And, and it says, fifth verse, And now I go, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lie in waste, it will not be pruned, nor dig, but there shall come up briars and thorns, and I will command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts in the house of Israel, and the men of Judah, his pleasant plant, he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression, for righteousness, but behold, a cry. For the people wanted prosperity. God said, I'm not going to bless it in the, in the right manner. The only way I'm going to truly bless this prosperity if it's done and done in the right manner. And that's what he talks about. And, and I'm not going to back up even more, but you can read the beginning of the book of Isaiah chapter 5. And it talks about how the Lord planted the vineyard, how he had a plan and a design for that vineyard to be taken care of in a certain way. And you know what? God has a... God has a plan for every single one of us here today. God has a design for every single one of us. But sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, you know what, I'm going to say that a little bit different. Sometimes, if I'm honest with myself, we want to broaden our borders. We want our fields wider, our houses wider and bigger. We want more and more that all of a sudden now, instead of being a bad people, we become a busy people. We become a distracted people. And I'm always amazed at, at how our society is coming up with better ways and faster ways and organized ways and how that we can be more efficient in what we do. And I, I, I hope and pray this day that we'll understand is that God wants us to get to a place that, that, that we can be all alone with Him, that we can find that time of prosperity, that we can find that time of, 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 of blessings that God has given us and say, God, I need no more. I'm thankful for being and having what I have. We talked about this in Sunday school, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Folks, it is easy for us to struggle for not, or excuse me, it's easy for us to struggle with not being content. In other words, whatever God's given us, we want more and more and more. But you see, God is telling us here in the book of Isaiah that, that we need to be able to be all alone with him so that we can hear him talk. Have you heard the, the voice of the Lord lately in your life? Are you listening to what God wants you to do? Sometimes we, we, we run off and leave the Lord because we're, we're, we're making our, our houses on top of houses. And we're busy making our fields on top of fields. And we'll say, Lord, I, I'll come back and, and, and meet up with you a little bit later, folks. It is important that we see that we need to always find time for God. Let me turn back into the New Testament again for just a moment. Matthew chapter 14 
Matthew chapter 14, if you want to turn over there for just a minute. Jesus, in this particular account, the 5,000 had just been fed. And the disciples were sailing out on the sea. And Christ is going to have a time of prayer here. But notice what he said. Verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. Verse 23 says this. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart. That translate out by himself. Folks, if Jesus saw the need to get all along with God, absolutely should we follow that very same pattern. If Jesus needed to get all along with God, then it's important that we find time in our life to get all along with God. Don't worry about broadening your houses in the, in the, in the fields, as Isaiah said. He said, so they have no alone, a place to be alone on the earth. He said, always have a place that you can get alone. I've just been singing that song over and over and over again. There are days I like to be all alone with Christ my Lord. You know, there's just something about being alone with God. I'm not trying to say we're to be this person that, that we just go hibernate all the days of our life. Because he did not tell them that they could not have farms. He did not tell them that they could not have crops. He did not tell them that they could not have houses. What he said is they always need to leave room to be alone. Always leave that room that's there. And Jesus said that he went apart up in this mountain, apart to pray. Well, Jesus saw the need or felt the need. And it says that when evening was come, he was there alone. Jesus had went all alone in the mountain and he met up with the Father here. And of course, when he did, he began to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Now I want you to notice, it's not so much the place that he went, it was the condition or the fact that he was going all alone. Verse 24 says this. Even though he was there alone, verse 24 says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out of fear. Jesus said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. I hope this morning that as each one of us, we realize is that it's important if we're going to talk to God and listen to God and we're going to hear these things that, that it's important that we get all along with the Lord. You know what? If, if you have to leave this place and you have to go out into some remote place and get along with God, so be it. But I pray that even right here in a church house amongst people that we can get along with God. May we not get to that place, as Isaiah said, that, that we want to, to, to broaden our houses and our farmland so that it's house on top of house and land on top of land. He said, may we always find a place that we can get along with God. I'm going to ask you a personal question, not one that I'm going to, I'm going to evaluate it or critique it, but do you have a place anywhere in your life where you just get along with God? A place. I've heard some say that, you know, I built a bench out in the, out in the woods of their farm that they had. They built a bench. 
Some's going to say, I go to this park, and in that park, I just I found out if I go on a Tuesday afternoon at 1.30 that there's nobody there. We, we, we find that, that serenity. We, we can just get all alone. Some people get out and they'll walk. They'll ride a bike. They'll swim in the water. Or, you know, some people get in their car and they ride. But do you have a place where you can get along with the Lord? Jesus tells us, he said, that we have to enter into a closet. You know, the closet, it's a closet is not a public place. When company comes over, what's the last place you want them to look? Your closets. Why? Because in our closets, it's not meant for everybody else. It's ours. It's our personal stuff. Folks, I believe when we commune with the Lord, we're going to have to get very personal with Him. Things the world does not have to know. The world does not have to know everything you struggle with. The world, and we advertise these things sometimes. I'm glad of transparency, but sometimes leave it in that closet with the Lord. Get in a closet all alone with Him. Commune with Him and tell Him. And I'll tell you this, He'll meet you there. He's not going to pull any, any trash out of a closet. He's going to get into that closet with you and you can get all along with Him. Do you have a place that you can get into that's private? It's not for anybody else to come in. You don't want anybody else to know your business in your closet. You want to get in there and commune with God. And you know what? God wants us to have that place in our life. Sometimes we're afraid to leave something in a closet because we're afraid the neighbors are going to come by and open up the door. You know what, folks? When you get all alone with the Lord, I believe He can shut a door that nobody else can open up. I believe that you can commune with God with the deepest, darkest battles that you face in this life, and God can keep that door shut where nobody else has to, to understand those things. I'm thankful today that I can have a place I can get all alone with the Lord in my closet. I don't need bigger houses and bigger fields. I don't need a place where, as Isaiah said, all of a sudden there was no place they could get alone on the earth. Because they were busy, they were distracted, they found a place. And as Jesus teaches us, may we enter into that closet that we can enter in, not worried about what it looks like or, or, or what it's like. May we enter into a closet and say, Lord, I want to hear you. I want to talk to you. I need to be uh, revived and restored back so that we might be able to have that, that true fellowship with you. And God's promising us when we get all alone, He'll remind us that we're not Truly, they're all alone. For the book of Romans, chapter 11, says this. If you remember that Elijah began to murmur to God, he says, I only I remain. There were 7,000 that did not bow down to Baal. Romans, chapter 11. Let's begin reading in verse 2. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What not you know what the scripture saith of Elijah? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Here's what they said. Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars. I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Aren't you glad today to know that really and truly we are not alone? 
You know what one of the greatest things I love about coming together in church? You know what one of the greatest things I love about going and visiting other churches is? It's a reminder that we are not alone. Folks, you are not alone here this morning. Shallow Church is not the only church that exists on this earth. There are other churches that exist, and they need to be reminded also like we do. We are not alone. Folks, I believe in companionship. I believe in friendship. I believe in those bonds that God can put one amongst another because it's a reminder that we are not alone. And I believe... That, that we can enter into these closets and realize is that, that, uh, that, that God can get all along with us and we can realize is that we're not a, a, a unique people that's going through something nobody else does. We're not a group of people today that's, that's experiencing something that nobody else has never experienced. Folks, we get to, to have that relationship with God and God is already in tomorrow before tomorrow gets here. And as we're going back to the book of Isaiah for just a minute, and I want to read, he says, Woe unto them that join house to house. In other words, they're, they're accumulating all of this. And what they would do is, is they would try to uh, house to house where there was no divide. And it's almost like they wanted to not only go house to house, they just wanted to buy the whole, whole plot of land and all the houses for themselves. He says, you can't keep wanting more than what you can take care of. He says, Woe unto them that join house to house. And lay field to field, there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. I hope and pray that God would keep all of us in a place where we'll always have time to go to the house of the Lord. I'm praying today that God will always allow you time somewhere along the way to get into his word. I pray this morning, Lord, my prayer for these people that are here, that God, may you give them a time that they can get all alone with you. For I am a true believer today, folks. Our lives are much different when we get all alone with God. Isn't it amazing what happens when we get all alone with Him? Do you need that alone time with God? Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, well, no, everything's good. I don't need alone time with God. Folks, we all need alone time with God. We all need to talk to Him. And not talk to him. You know how you talk to people, but you don't really want to tell them everything? We need to talk to him and tell him everything. Tell him all your problems. Tell him all your troubles. Tell him all your rejoicing. Tell him all your gladness. Tell him all the struggles you have. You tell him everything you've got. And you know what? He'll listen to every single bit of that. He's not going to put it on social media or he's not going to go tell your neighbor. You know what he told me yesterday in that closet, folks? When you take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there, I believe he can handle it. I believe God can handle what we give to him. Do you need to get along with him? I'm through this morning. Let's get us a song if we could.